With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello and welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. Today, the RV is headed to Kentucky to speak with Stuart Wagner. Stuart is an activist and his book, Escape the Matrix, is out now. So, Stuart, <laughs> welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucy. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for coming all the way to Kentucky to chat with me. Hey, it was a long trip, but I'm so happy to have you here. So, Stuart, you have been living in a plant-based style or lifestyle since 2008. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. So a lot of people think it's the same as veganism. Others think it's just being a vegetarian. So for our listeners, please, Stuart, what does a plant-based lifestyle mean exactly? Well, um, plant-based lifestyle means that I don't eat any uh, animal-based foods. So I don't eat meat and I don't eat dairy or eggs. Uh, I call it a plant-based lifestyle. Then you also have people who are vegan and they are ethical vegans. And so they will also refrain from leather and um, silk and other products that are made uh, through um, animal exploitation. So I kind of, my book talks more about um, a plant-based lifestyle and the food components as, as opposed to the ethical concerns. Although I do talk about the ethical concerns and animal-based foods, but I don't get into the other ethical concerns about, you know, wearing leather and fur and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so since 2008, so it has... It's almost been 15 years, but my journey, you know, uh, it's been a lot longer. So I can go back to where it kind of started for me. I grew up, as you said earlier, uh, we're in Kentucky. That's where I live and that's where I've grown up in the state of Kentucky. And there's, you know, my family and friends are here. It's a wonderful place to live, a beautiful land and really kind, good-hearted people. But we're full of unhealthy people, unfortunately. Our state uh, ranks 48th in health behaviors and 47th in health outcomes. And there's only one other state that has more people with chronic uh, multiple chronic conditions than Kentucky. So I grew up in a state with people who were suffering from a lot of chronic conditions, uh, not only in my family, but in my community. And so 
uh, back in 1985, at the age of 23, I made a lifestyle change then, which medical science said would help me avoid so many of the chronic conditions that I was seeing in so many other Kentuckians like heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, obesity. And that's when I gave up eating meat uh, was back in 1985. And then in 2008, I went from being vegetarian to plant-based and gave up the dairy and eggs. And, you know, that whole time I've enjoyed just amazing health. And so, you know, I always think about Benjamin Franklin, who said an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I think that my giving up eating animal-based foods so early in my life and then becoming fully plant-based was the ounce of prevention that meant that I didn't need a cure, that I've been able to avoid so many of the chronic conditions that I see in so many other people in Kentucky. And you know, I felt called to write this book to kind of help people eliminate so much needless suffering. You know, I know if I can do this, other people can do it too. And, and the science in my book shows that you can reverse a chronic condition through uh, a plant-based lifestyle. And so I'm hoping that, you know, my book will help people become healthier and live happier, longer lives. Yeah, I'm sure I start. Actually, what immediate changes did you notice after going vegan or going plant-based? Going plant-based, I noticed that uh, I had less anxiety and stress. And there's some studies that I talk about in my book that show that plant-based eaters do. Uh, it's proven they have lower rates of anxiety and stress. And I found that many of my seasonal allergies disappeared when I gave up dairy. And I would often need to go on antibiotics after any kind of uh, long flight. And um, that was a pattern that I noticed with my uh, allergist at the time. And when I became plant-based, I broke that pattern. I didn't need to get antibiotics after, you know, uh, transatlantic flights or uh, long flights. So I think that's um, two amazing things that I noticed right off the bat. That's amazing. And do you take any vitamin supplement? I do. I take a B12 uh, supplement. You know, I talk about B12 in my book. Uh, a lot of people think that, you know, we're not supposed to be plant-based because until recently, there was no evidence that B12 uh, vitamins existed in plants. But back in 2019, a study came out that showed that duckweed, which is a kind of a water lentil, uh, has a huge amount of B12 in it. So I think that, um, you know, we can get B12 from plants, but I also talk about in my book, the science about behind B12. B12 isn't a, a vegan problem. It's an aging and global issue. So as we get older, the gastric juices in our stomach become weaker and it makes it harder for us to uh, metabolize B12 into our and get it into our tissues. So it's more of an aging thing than a plant-based thing. So that's the only supplement I take. Research shows that meat and dairy products are fueling the climate crisis. So yes. can we eat a plant-based diet on a budget? Oh, is it possible? Yes, it is possible is to it eat possible? a plant-based diet. Yes, it is. Um, you know, some of the least expensive foods really uh, are plant-based, uh, rice, potatoes, 
uh, things like that. So lentils, it's it's easy to eat uh, on, on a budget if you're plant-based. Now, um, the processed plant-based foods, and there's been an, exp an explosion of plant-based foods coming to the grocery store in the last few years. And it's very exciting. It's never been easier or tastier to become plant-based. Um, and, you know, why are companies producing these uh, plant-based foods? It's because there's an explosion of plant-based eaters. And, this, and the growth hasn't been steady. It's really been an explosion in recent years. I think the number of people who identify as being plant-based in the UK quadrupled between 19, I mean, 2015 and 2019. And I think in the United States, it's seen a, a big explosion too. So as more and more people, you know, adopt a plant-based lifestyle, we're going to see more and more products coming to the grocery shelves. And that's an exciting development, but it's also something that um, we, we should pay attention to because, you know, whole foods um, is what I recommend that we eat. And these uh, products that are coming to market now are often processed foods. So they're not quite as healthy, even though they don't contain the saturated fats and things like that, that are, that we find in animal-based foods. So I just encourage people to uh, go for whole fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts, and seeds. Yeah, you can do it on a budget. There's actually a woman uh, on Instagram called, uh, plant-based on a budget, I think is how you find her. She has all kinds of recipes. So it is, it is possible to do. Uh, that's good to know. Stuart, then you decide to write this book that is called Escape the Matrix. Is that correct? Matrix. Matrix. Yes. Matrix. Escape the Matrix. What is the Matrix? I know Matrix, but not <laughs> yeah. Matrix. Yeah, well, I'm using the world in the Matrix movies as a metaphor for our world. So in Matrix movies, um, artificial intelligence has taken over the planet and is using humans as an energy source. And I say our world is similar because human beings, we've taken over this planet. There's 8 billion of us here now, and we're using farmed animals as our energy source. So I say we're living inside the Matrix. And the matrix is the world that, you know, many of us were born into. And it's a world that's taught us that eating animal-based foods is natural, necessary, and nutritious. But the thing that I found in researching my book is uh, the science is none of those things are true. And you mentioned environmental concerns caused by meat, meat yes. production. So... Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So there are charts in my book that talk about the environmental inputs that are required to grow plant-based versus animal-based foods. And across the board, it's amazing to see uh, that plant-based foods are far superior to animal-based foods in some very key environmental categories, such as land use, water use, energy use, greenhouse gas emissions, and eutrophication. So it's it's amazing that plant-based foods are so much better for the planet and contribute um, much less to climate change than animal-based foods. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And in addition to this high quantity of greenhouse gases, animal agriculture is also a driving force behind deforestation, land yes. degradation, and mm -hmm. of course, water pollution. Yes, yes, because, you know, we're feeding, you know, all these animals require food that we're eating. So 75% of the food of the grain that we grow in the United States, we're feeding to livestock, um, you know, and as a plant-based eater, I'm, I'm recommending that we grow plants for human rather than animal consumption, because animals are horribly inefficient at converting that food into edible food for us. So for instance, you know, we currently have the best food conversion rates with uh, factory farmed chickens. And even then, you know, we're feeding them four and a half times more edible food than we get back from them. And it's even worse with cows. We're feeding 25 times more edible food to cattle than we get back from them. And I'm saying it's edible food because a lot of people will say, well, you know, farmed animals eat food that's not suitable for human consumption. So it's not a problem. But these conversion ratios that I just gave you are edible food. That's food we could eat. And it's a horrible return on investment. And it even gets worse when you look at protein. So 80% of the protein that we feed to chickens and 96% of the protein we feed the cows is lost. We never get that back. So animal agriculture has a huge footprint and it's not sustainable. The return on investment is, is horrible. And we just recently had the 8 billionth person uh, born on the planet. And we're supposed to be, get up to 10 billion people by the year 2050. And that's a, like a 22% increase in the population. But the science in my book shows that there's going to be a demand for meat and dairy products. It's going to increase by 60% between now and 2050. So there's simply no way that we can uh, support 10 billion people feeding them animal-based foods. And we certainly cannot meet our climate goals no. uh, doing that. In fact, climate scientists say that we need to see a widespread adoption of a plant-based lifestyle in order to avert the worst case scenarios of climate change. So that's one of the reasons why I felt really uh, compelled to write this book because, you know, mainstream media says, you know, we need to get move away from burning fossil fuels, you know, because that releases carbon dioxide into our atmosphere, which is a, a, a potent greenhouse gas. Uh, and they say, you know, we need to move away from uh, driving uh, gasoline powered vehicles to electric vehicles. But they're missing a huge part of the conversation, and that is global food production. And so I wanted to write my book to say, let's have a discussion about um, where animal agriculture fits into all of this, because it has a much 
larger carbon footprint than gets reported in mainstream media. And there are two main uh, greenhouse gases that come from animal agriculture, and that is methane and um, nitrous oxide. And we can talk about that, but those are really uh, potent greenhouse gases that are abundantly found in animal agriculture. Wow. I also, Stuart, think about the abuses that take place in the animal agriculture industry. For example, chicken. The chicken industry, birds have been bred to grow so quickly that they are often unable to walk normally. Mm -hmm. So it's not about environment only. It's about right. animals, our health. Yes. There's so many reasons to become plant-based, you know, and if you don't want to do it for your own health, uh, you can do it for the health of the planet, or you can do it for the well-being of the animals. Um, yes, factory farms are, are places of horror for animals. They are living in, they're forced to live in very unnatural conditions. They're unable to do all the things that they would typically do if they were living in a natural environment. And um, like you said, for chickens for meat have been selectively bred to the point where they they grow so rapidly. And they're also given antibiotics that uh, increase their weight. And they typically live like four to seven weeks. They have a very short life. But in that period of time, they grow so quickly that many of them uh, can't even move. And they uh, die from, um, you know, heart conditions. And It's, it's really sad, you know, the, the matrix tries to pacify us and keep us compliant and eating within the matrix with a lot of its advertising. And the term uh, free range is one of those uh, things that is a marketing soundbite. And it's kind of what I call greenwashing because it makes it sound like it's really great for the environment and that these chickens have a really uh, wonderful life. But um, the FDA uh, says that, you know, a chicken only needs access to the outdoors for like five minutes a day to be considered free range. And that access doesn't even need to be full bodied. It could just be a pop hole that they could stick their head out. And that would qualify as a free range label. And I think most consumers would be shocked to learn that. I know I was when I read it. Um, because, you know, when you see the label free range on a, a carton of eggs or on a, a chicken product, you kind of have this image of chickens, you know, running free and doing the things that they normally like to do, like roost and, and uh, you know, they have these behaviors that, that they enjoy doing. Um, you expect them to be able to do that. But sadly, that is just something that the meat industry wants us to think about is happening when in reality it's not. And I feel really sorry for the animals. Also, the hormones and also the antibiotics that they are consuming, mm -hmm. this is going to yeah. be affecting us. Yes, and it creates antibiotics resistance. We're already seeing that. And I'd also like to say, Lucia, that You know, some people will say, well, I'll get my, my chicken locally or, or something like that. But uh, according to the most recent data, 98 to 99% of all poultry, that's chickens for meat, chickens for eggs, uh, turkeys, 
uh, are factory farmed and 70% of all cattle are factory farmed. So it is the vast majority of um, animals within the matrix are being raised in these uh, factory-like conditions and they're treated as food commodities. They're not treated as uh, individual living creatures that, that want to live and want to have a good life. Yeah. So the solution, Stuart, is to choose the red pill. Yes. <laughs> uh, I invite everyone to choose the red pill uh, because we have a choice, Lucia. You know, I was born into the matrix. I ate animal-based foods for the first 23 years of my life. My parents fed them to me uh, with all uh, good intentions and thinking that I needed that to grow up healthy and strong uh, because that, that's what they were taught and it's how they were raised. Um, and so many of us in the matrix think that this is natural, necessary, and nutritious, and it's something that's needed. You know, some people will say, well, sure, animals suffer, but we need their protein. We need their milk. And the science in my book shows that that's not true. Uh, and so I'm wanting people to know that we do have a choice and I'm all about helping people make informed decisions. And so that's why I, I, have so much science in my book because I think the science will help people make better choices uh, for themselves and for their and for the planet and for the animals, starting with the food on their plates. Thank you, Stuart. I believe you researched a lot, and also you have been uh, having this lifestyle for many years. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's a great book, Stuart. Can you tell us where can we find your book and find you? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, my book is available on Amazon, and they can find information about me and my book at stuartwaldner.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Thank you very much. And Stuart, you are always welcome to the RV. It's my first time in Kentucky, but I <laughs> will be happy to go back. Oh, I hope you will come back sometime soon. As we say in Kentucky, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.